Hello folks. As a lot of you know, I spend a great deal of time in my car driving around the country, visiting folks, and this is all being done hands-free, by the way, so. Um, and it's also a time to sort of think. And, and today, one of the things I've been thinking about is Pope Francis, again. I'm a former Roman Catholic, and I left the Roman Catholic Church for many reasons, but as a gay man, I could no longer be comfortable there and felt as though I was constantly in an abusive relationship with the church in order to have a relationship with God, and I just couldn't do it anymore. However, there's much about the church that I respect and am grateful for, and more and more I am grateful for Pope Francis. Now, he's a dogmatic individual, he is a son of the church, self-identified, and he's not likely to offer any great changes in terms of the way the church goes about its life with regard to things such as the ordination of women or the full welcoming of the queer community. I do appreciate what he has done in terms of toning down the rhetoric against people and I truly appreciate his compassion because I think his compassion is a gift and that you know compassion is something you never know where it's going to take you so I have even greater hopes for him in many, many ways. But today I was listening to and reading yesterday about uh, the trip he took into war-torn Africa and how he entered into that space and talked about the gospel. And for those people who aren't followers of the gospel, he talked about peace and kindness and love and how much he had been, folks had tried to dissuade him from going there, how dangerous it was. He just doesn't seem to be worried about his safety in ways that is amazingly refreshing. So my thought is, how do we, in our denomination that has gone so far forward in terms of, in many areas, but the one that I and others have spent a great deal of time working on, and that is the full inclusion of our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning community, to the point where we are now technically one of the most welcoming churches that exist in the world. Our constitution allows for ordination of all people who feel called to serve. Our constitution now permits our leaders to marry same gender loving couples as they would any other couple based on their own conscience about whether they should participate in a marriage because of the suitability of the marriage, which is different than saying that one disagrees with whether same gender people should be married, but that's a topic for another day. And then we have revised our constitution so that the definition of marriage reflects a broader understanding of marriage today between two people who love one another. But somehow we don't get the word out we hide it under a bushel. Recently, one of our leadership, um, our moderator was asked about the call of Elder Tony De La Rosa to serve as the interim executive director of the Presbyterian Mission Agency. <clears throat> Excuse me. And someone had asked him in an interview whether he thought that that was a good thing to call Tony, who is an openly gay man and 
in, in a marriage to his partner, his, his loving partner, Michael. And our moderator said that he, that many had questioned whether or not this was a good choice for the position, considering where we are in marriage equality as a denomination, and the fact that Tony, as a gay man, um, was also a married gay man, and that that might be problematic. And then went on to another topic. We seem to be in this place where we're doing our best to satisfy those who had opposed a more welcoming uh, denomination that it fully included the queer community. We seem to be in a place where most of our comments on a public level are made to assuage those who formerly oppressed us for they now see themselves as a minority in the same way that they felt we were a minority before. Well, they're not equals by any means. And a choice for full inclusion and welcoming of the queer community in the church is not an equal choice for not doing that. So we end up in this place where, well, let's, let's not uh, stir the boat too much and let's not, you know, we don't want to lose anybody and we want to make sure everybody, um, we honor everybody. We've passed that. Everybody is welcome in this church. You know, nobody that I know in the queer community, the progressive movement, and there may be some voices out there who have said things, but institutionally within our community and the practices of the groups within our community, never once has any of those communities ever brought charges against somebody who opposed us or was bringing charges against us. Never has anybody in our community in those progressive groups come out and said, well, you should just leave the church in the way that we were told to leave the church. None of us have ever vilified others in the way that those who have opposed us have accused us of everything under the sun. It's different. And what's most important for me, and I think for others, is that here we are with this great message of gospel and welcoming and hopefulness that we don't seem to lift up as a denomination and I'm not sure what that is about. I'm not sure why we're not lifting our voice and our vocal cords to whatever degree we can in the same way the religious leaders like the Pope or others are representing their denominations. Certainly our voice needs to be heard more loudly than ever in this world to carry the message that God loves us. And because of God's love for us, we're called to love one another. And we as a denomination have made this decision to do so in these ways that are, that are truly wonderful. In the days ahead, what we will be doing with that All May Freely Serve, which is the organization that I'm privileged to lead, is to put together a statement that we hope will become an overture for the denomination to consider that would basically say or acknowledge that harms have been done to our queer community based on the teachings and the practices of this church in the past and that we have moved on and that we hope that everybody will stay with us for we really are one family but there may be reasons why others need to leave, but that we cannot be held hostage to trying to keep congregations in the church who disagree with us 
by changing or underemphasizing the amazing witness and prophetic changes that have taken place in our church, in our denomination, in a duly authorized way, yes, decently and in order, by the membership of our denomination. We have to carry this message. There are too many people out there who simply, they say, sure, you changed your laws, you changed your constitution, but really has your heart changed? And yes, it has. And we need leadership that can lift that heart and that voice up in ways that witness to the gospel that is just waiting to be heard. So these are the things that I wonder about how best we might be able to carry forward as we move into a time of calling new leadership for this denomination from moderator to stated clerk and when Tony's interimship is done to an executive director for the Presbyterian Mission Agency and to lift up the work of this denomination in a world that is so thirsty for the great refreshment we have to offer all who are seeking a path to the God that they understand and in our Christian tradition to a God that gave us the risen Christ to be with us in all ways as we move forward into this kingdom of God on earth. So I hope you will consider these things and thanks for taking this part of the journey with me and my love to you and God's blessings in all the way you may know God, especially during this season of Advent and the hopefulness of Christmas that will soon be upon us for the 2015th time or so. We're getting there. Amen. Thank you for listening.